Yo, what about there, guys and gals? It's your boy Zay here, representing the culture of dad, back again with a brand new Culture Dad podcast. It's the place where we discuss all things dad, which is simply all things. Now, quick verbal disclaimer, although we may discuss daddy issues, family issues, and the like, this podcast is intended for mature audiences. Here's where we have real talk from and repping a daddy's perspective. Your discretion is advised. Welcome back. It's episode number 12 on the Culture Dad podcast. And it is currently Memorial Day weekend. However, we want to keep in line with the theme of what we've been talking about over on the site, cultureofdad.com. Be sure to check it out. Well, we've been talking to new fathers uh, and soon-to-be dads on how to deal with the fears and the expectations that come along with that role. So, taking a little time out from the Memorial Day festivities, I wanted to get to you, the audience, the Culture Dad fam, and share some insights from myself, from other dads who who are also part of the fam, who have more experience in this realm than, say, the new dad who's just been in the game for maybe a year or somebody expected to be. Hopefully, you're enjoying your Memorial Day weekend. If you found some time and you're listening and you're checking this out, you get some quality insights and we can uh, help to... Uh, massage those fears a little bit. Unlike a lot of other parenting magazines and uh, news sources like Huffington Post, which have offered some quality information, all coming from a female perspective, here we're going to give you the real deal from guys who've gone through it. So let's jump right to this first question and let's start trying to get some answers and some insight going. All right, so diving into one of the first questions that I see here in front of me. <sighs> Zay, am I ready for, no, excuse me. Am I ready to be a new dad? Am I ready for a lifestyle change, losing my freedom? Are we stable enough as a couple? All right, so answering this first particular question, we're going to jump to the end of it because there's multiple questions in here, but these these questions are all common concerns. They're thoughts I've had. They're thoughts others, fathers that I've interviewed have had. Um, and so we're going to jump straight to the last part of that, which is, are we stable enough as a couple? Well, I honestly can't say or speak to whether or not you are stable enough as a couple. But what I will say is, if you're choosing to walk down this path and actually accept your role as a father in whatever capacity that you're able to do so, don't let your relationship status affect your relationship status with your child. If you want to be a daddy, you have every right to do so. And yes, it might require finessing that situation with the mommy a little bit. Hopefully, if you intend it, if y'all trying to work that work through issues together, kudos to you. I'll keep my fingers crossed. I hope y'all can rock it out. But if not, then you might have to, you know, 
struggle a little bit to figure out how to best work the situation. It may be a fight, it may, maybe not. Hopefully, it's not going to be much of a fight. But as a father, you are entitled to have that role within your child's life, and that's what. And if that is what you want, then make the most of every moment that you get with your kid. Bottom line, like whether you have just a a visitation situation or whether you have full-time status if you make the most out of whatever time you get with your kid then I promise that relationship will benefit and it'll be worthwhile for both you and your kid in the long run but I'm not gonna lie there's gonna be some times where it's gonna be a pain in the ass uh, for both you and your kid as well (laughs) now in regards to if you're ready to be a dad Truth be told, I don't think anybody is ready to be a dad. Just like I don't think anybody is ever really ready to be a grown-up, per se. (laughs) An adult, right? Like, I think there are people who, at times, think they're ready for certain things. And then, once you start to experience a little bit of what it truly is, you realize maybe you weren't actually ready. Fatherhood is one of those things that you can never be 100% ready. Uh, It's just like getting married I you know it's just one of those things that there's never a right time or a perfect moment it's just when it happens owning your shit and just doing the best you can as you go through it so I'd say don't worry so much about if you're ready to be a dad but just be you and let that situation grow around you you know the kid's gonna come or if the kid is there be you with your kid let the kid get to know you as you are and you'll find your way, you know, de-stress, take away all the stress and all the pressure in that, in that regards. The lifestyle change, yeah, I'm not even going to front, it can be a lifestyle change. Now, that is not to say that you can't do whatever you want to piggyback off your whole, I feel that I'm losing my freedom part. Well, you're not losing your freedom because you have you have freedom to choose, you have freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want. But there is a lifestyle change in the fact that certain responsibilities arise, um, and that there will be times where you are just not of your own accord. You know, maybe an emergency might come up, and you have to, you know, make adjustments and try to help and deal with that. Or maybe um, you might have to sacrifice some things. Sometimes that is not to say that. It is such a drastic change that you cannot still continue to enjoy your life. When I became a father, one of my biggest things was the lifestyle change in the sense that I just enjoy being one of the guys. I enjoy hanging out. I enjoy doing what guys do without the pressure of, oh, I'm a father or, you know, a husband or a married man. I have to settle down. Like, since becoming a father, I've learned you can manage just being one of the guys you can do you as much as you want but just recognize that maybe it's not as much as you want you can do you you can live your life but you're just adding this addition as of additional responsibilities or additional an additional person that needs to be considered but that's the thing about life right responsibilities things like that happen people there are always people to be considered like if you want to just go and hang out with your boys but you you got work, I mean, that is just a consideration. Um, 
but you find the time and you find a way. So just know that although it may seem scary, like the life, like your lifestyle is going to change, uh, it does not necessarily mean that you are completely losing your freedom and you're going to be unable or unable rather to do the things you want. Your life is still about you. You're just adding a new element. So go from there. You'll be good. Trust. Whew. So that last that last round of questions was kind of deep. It was kind of heavy. I'm going to try to start speeding through these answers a little bit more because this can take all day. I have a huge ton of questions in front of me, so just bear with me. Some of these questions are very logistical and very practical. Others are more heavy with depth and they'll take a little bit more time. So I'm going to try to blitz through some of these more practical uh not unnecessary questions and focus on trying to give the most brief answers that I can come up with. Bear with me as we proceed to the next one. So this question here says, will I be able to do it? I don't know how to change a nappy, settle a baby, or build a porticot. How will I cope without sleep? All right. Listen, man, let's check, check this out. Fact of the matter is, you are going to go without quality sleep for a little while. I'm not even going to sugarcoat that for you. If you're with mommy, here's a hint. Take turns, switch shifts, whatever you got to do to make that work. Um, sleep whenever the baby is sleeping, if you can. I know those moments seem very brief, but they do come in handy. They are helpful. Um, and with regards to all of the other stuff, my man, I don't even know what a porticot is. You learn how to change a nappy on the job. You learn how to settle the baby on the job. A lot of those things, these simple concerns are very basic on the job training. Think about it when you get a new job and they show you how, like, you go, maybe you work in an office and they're like, hey, all right, we want you to do some data entry on Excel. Here's the Excel spreadsheets we use. Here's the formulas to plug in. And then you start chipping away at it. Maybe you ask a question here or there. Before you know it, after a week or two weeks, you got it down. Same thing like if you're in construction and you're learning how to, you know, drywall, do the drywall cement. You know, you get on by training those first couple weeks where y'all may be building a new construction and you know they show you how to lay the sheetrock and do all that good stuff and, and stu do all the drywall stuff and next thing you know you're doing it by yourself so just know that these things are very practical and they just come with some on-the-job training you learn it as you go there's a lot of do-it-yourself videos on YouTube to, to teach you things on the fly. I had to learn how to like swaddle my my son when he was a baby, um, and I picked that up quicker than his mom did. She never actually got it, but I would wrap him up like a tight little burrito, and he fell asleep. He loved it. I learned that off of YouTube. Took me about a day, and I had that down, and that was a technique that I used to get him to calm down and get him to fall asleep whenever he whenever I felt he needed it 
or whenever I felt I needed a break and they put them down just like that. So I would say, don't worry so much about those practical little day-to-day things. You will and can pick them up as you go. There are some more serious things that often do arise, um, such as whether or not I should get CPR training and all these other things. Listen, if you have the time, if you can afford it, those things are great to learn. But if not, you know, just be sure to, as long as you're doing your best, being mindful of what's happening with your child, keeping a good eye on them, knowing your medical facilities, if anything goes wrong, that you can get access to that quickly, it'll be fine. The babies are much more resilient than we think because they look so fragile and they are so helpless. We want to protect them. But the fact of the matter is, hell, even cavemen raise babies, right? So babies are very resilient. They're very strong. You're not going to break them and you're going to learn as you go. It's going to be fine. Just breathe, my friend. Just breathe. And moving right along, the next question. Now, this is a good one. This is pretty deep. Am I good enough? Can I be a good dad? How can I look after a baby when I can barely look after myself? (laughs) Now, this is a sentiment that I have come across with many men who were just becoming fathers. So those of y'all out there listening in, here's my insight on that truth be told, I didn't feel ready at all. You're never going to feel ready. I didn't feel good enough. You may never feel good enough either. The fact of the matter is fatherhood is not just a process for raising a kid. It is really a process of coming into yourself. Becoming a father can help you become good enough in the simple act of doing it. There's no getting it right. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fuck up. We're going to fuck up our kids. Same way our parents fucked us up. Hopefully a little less. Hopefully we do a better job learning from the examples. Keeping in mind what we didn't appreciate coming up. What we did appreciate. What we felt was missing. We bring that into what we offer them. But you find that you maybe reflect more of your parents' parental style than you even desired. So the fact of the matter is, it's just self-doubt. But just because you're doubting yourself does not mean that you are incapable. If you can offer love or if you can offer just even your presence, just getting to know them, just allowing them, them being your child, of course, to get to know you, whether you feel you're a negative in their life or a positive, they can learn from that. They can grow from that. They'll have a better idea of where they come from, of who they want to be, whether they choose to be like you, choose not to be like you. So, like I said, there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. Get rid of the judgments, the self-doubt. Put it away. The only thing that matters is if you're willing to be there, if you're willing to be a present if you're willing to offer yourself to this child in whatever capacity that they will have somebody that they can learn from regardless of whatever you give them. And that alone makes you good enough. 
the fact that you had a child makes you capable of not only being a sperm donor, but capable of being a father. And your desire to step forward and just be there as a father, that makes you good enough, my friend. Don't need to worry about all that extra stuff. It's just self-doubt and those worries. Eliminate those little negative voices in your head. Just be there. Be you. And let your child take whatever they can from the experience that you give them. Hopefully that'll help. Okay, um, so I got a ton of questions and this episode is getting a little long. I'm not definitely not going to be able to get to them all, but we can continue this conversation in future episodes or on the website at different times or even in the Facebook community. So be sure to check, check, check us out. Search for hashtag cult of dad online. Or you can just hit the website, cultureofdad.com, and find more. I'm going to try to bang out a couple more questions while I'm still here before I have to get out of here. Um, the next question, here's a pretty good question that I can really relate to. It comes from a young black man in his 20s. He says, as a black male in his, in his mid-20s, I'm always fearful that society will view me as a poor example of being a good father to my child because of what other men of color have done and I'm not going to pay for their mistakes well just to respond to that I completely relate to that that was one of my huge fears when I became a father was just the negative stereotypes and the stigmas surrounding black men and fatherhood the fact of the matter is fuck what society says you're not raising society. You don't need to be worried about society. The only thing you need to worry about is your child and doing right by them to the best of your ability. You're absolutely right in the sentiment that society may view you as a poor example of being a good father to your child. But it doesn't matter what society views you as. The only thing that matters is what you view yourself as. If you're doing the best job you can, if you're giving of yourself to your child, and if you're helping to mold your child into somebody that you can be proud of one day, then hell, do your damn thing, man. Don't worry about what society says. You be your father, the best father you can be. Fuck society and their viewpoints. All of those judgments from other people, not necessary, not needed, not wanted. Alright, so we're getting down to the last few that I'm going to get into. Um, this one here is from somebody who's been in the, in the fatherhood game for a little bit. Uh, he has toddlers now, but he says when he became a father, well, let me just read it. When I became a father, I had the very same fears I have today. That I won't be a good father to my girls, and I set a bad example that sets a course throughout their lives. Well... Let's be real, that is a very interesting point. We as fathers, we do set examples for our kids. Whether you have girls or guys, whatever the case may be, I mean, parents are the first examples for our kids. So 
yeah, you are setting an example. Whether that example is good or bad, that's your personal judgment. I mean, if it's a, something as, and I don't know if this is the case with you or not, but if it's something as simple as maybe you just like women a lot and you happen to, you know, uh, see a lot of different women and, you know, maybe some people will call you a womanizer or maybe you just, you know, have an affinity for women, whatever the case may be. Maybe for that, you're feeling like you're setting a bad example because you feel your girls may grow up to settle to be attracted to guys who want to misuse or mistreat them or, you know, treat them in a way that's not right that you feel maybe you've treated women in the past. If it's something along those lines, um, I would just say you got to be honest and communicate, you know. The thing with men is that we have this idea that we cannot be vulnerable and we cannot share ourselves like that emotionality. But we're very we're very emotional creatures. Like people have feelings, and that's okay. And the people who's closest to us deserve to know and understand those things about us. Um, if we are not allowing them to, then we're robbing them of the chance to really know us the way we expect those around us to allow us to know them. If that makes any sense. So I would say that you have to be honest and communicate what it is if you feel you're being a bad example talk to your children about the things that you feel are a negative example explain to them why it's a negative example maybe you have maybe you're a smoker and you know you don't want to see your kids fall into that same trap you have to talk to your children and explain to them why smoking is bad maybe share with them that it gave you health issues and you don't want to see that happen to them but you can't help it because you're addicted or maybe explain to your girls in this in the example that i made maybe you know daddy has some insecurities and or daddy really you know is looking for the right woman and so you know daddy hasn't found the right one yet but you know i want you my daughters to be able to be with somebody who is going to treat you right and be be there for you 100%. So make sure, you know, you watch out for these negative aspects and, and, and you try to attract these positive aspects. The only way to get around that is to just be willing to be vulnerable and open and share and express those things with your kids. Otherwise, all they have is an example with no context. An example with no context leads people to make misinformed judgments all the fucking time. That's the last thing you want. You don't want to set a bad example? Open your freaking mouth. Talk to your kids. I hope that helps. All right. Getting into this next question. It seems to be a very short one. But the father says that my only issue is that my children would see me as I saw myself inadequate and flawed all right well to just get into that i'm gonna keep this short and sweet you are flawed it is what it is we're people we're all flawed everybody every one of us we're all flawed it is what it is your kids will be flawed okay that cannot be helped the issue that i have is your assumption that you're inadequate because of it look at the fact of the matter is this we're all flawed, and just because we're flawed, that does not make us inadequate. Inadequate in what sense? You're inadequate because you're flawed? 
like I said, that's not the case. That is a subjective judgment that you're tying to the fact that you have flaws. Flaws can be used as a tool to strengthen oneself, to overcome slights, and to make oneself better. I have all sorts of flaws, and I continuously work like work at them to make myself better and I try to set that same example for my son so that he knows not to not to fall into that trap of self-judging and beating himself up because he has flaws we all have flaws my friend there's no reason that you should make yourself feel inadequate because of your flaws and you definitely don't want to do that to your kids so share your flaws with them let them see how you work to overcome those, those flaws and to become a better person. And let them know that although they may have their flaws and shortcomings, it's all right. It's not, it doesn't have to be an indictment on who they are. It could be used as a tool and a source for strength to continue bettering oneself. So let go of the self-judgment. Get over the fact that you have flaws. Nobody's perfect. Give your kids the truth. It's going to be fine. All right, so I'm going to bang out this last question. Actually, I'm going to see if I can try to blitz through a couple more in this one little segment here and just see if I can kind of cover a general gamut of fears and concerns most new dads have. So this question states that I won't be able to protect him from everything. I guess that's the, that's the main point, so that's all I'm quoting. And the sad fact is, no, you won't. Best you can do is try to prepare your children so that they can protect themselves from the things they need to protect themselves from when you're not around. Um, case in point, you know, once your child starts going to preschool and kindergarten and start getting into the school system, maybe having extracurricular activities that you can't and you won't always be at, you know, you want to make sure that they know how to manage difficult situations or deal with people. Uh, avoiding these issues will not help. So the best thing you can do is talk to them about that. See what's going on in their world. You help them as, as you can as you go through the process. And you just continue to help develop them. I'm currently dealing with teaching my son to defend himself and that he has a right to stand up for himself when confronted by by others and because i raised such a sweet kind-hearted boy he's gotten to the place now that he's in the school system where other kids who might be a little bit rougher um are trying to push him around or take his little toys and he didn't exactly know how to handle that stuff you know and, it, and it's something that i can't run to the school and yell at another five-year-old on his behalf so i'm teaching i had to teach him how to stand up for himself and know that it is okay to do so not in a way to say violently attack somebody but to stand up for somebody to say no this is mine no you can't have that whatever the case may be i'm putting him into uh karate just so that he can know some self-defense not karate but in some sort of martial arts class he's starting out this summer um and and 
just giving him whatever tools I can to empower him in the sense that he knows he is quite capable of protecting himself when daddy's not around and that it's okay to protect himself when daddy's not around but not to fall victim to that cockiness that makes him think it's okay to bully and treat others less than just because he might be capable of protecting himself so that's all you can do as a father the fact of the matter is as a father as a parent we can't protect them from everything and all we can do is really empower and give them the tools so that they can protect themselves it'll be fine one step at a time my friend one step at a time next quick question my biggest fear is what if they don't like star wars man <laughs> this is great yes what if they don't like star wars it's, it's, it's very true your kid may not be into the same stuff you are and that might be a huge blow to the ego i gotta say um i love to dance and my son is actually starting to get into it a little bit but you know he definitely doesn't have my rhythm or my style you know he does his own thing when i see him dance he looks crazy but i try to encourage him and hey go ahead do your thing kid you're happy with it he he goes to the middle of the dance floor and he puts on a show acting absolutely crazy like he got no rhythm and it's just like oh it's my son <sighs> but i love him anyway so don't worry if your kids don't like star wars you'll still love them and you can always you know try to drop in a little star wars jewel here and there that they can pick it up over time right <laughs> um that they won't be healthy this is the prime a primary concern for a lot of parents especially with newborns all you want is for your children to be born to be healthy and it's a, it's a common fear unfortunately there's no easy answer to this you know you go through the steps you do the process if they're not health if they are not healthy you gotta go through the medical regimen whatever it's said to do to get them there that could be costly it could be um time consuming but we do what we must you know that love you have for them is going to help you get to where you want to go um it's going to help you deal with if they are not healthy and as long as you're there giving them that presence giving them that love they're going to be fine um next next question well this is not a question but next issue that arises a lot is financial stress um i did get a couple of questions on that and just saying it's a very real issue um raising kids can be expensive i mean it's a fact of life especially here in the states depending on where you're coming up i live in new york city one of the most expensive markets in the country in the world actually um and the fact of the matter is yeah it can be expensive you do what you can you try to start a little budget if you have to you do a little savings if you can um and you take it day by days piece by piece it's just like buying a car you know sometimes you get to a place and you feel like i need a car and you're not necessarily thinking about oh what is the cost of the car going to be over the entirety of the time that i have the car you're just like i need a car you 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 save you get your money together and you, you go out and get your car you're not thinking about oh you know how am i gonna afford maintenance when when that when those issues arise how am i going to afford tires when those issues arise how am I, you know you go with the car you work out your budget so you can go ahead and pay for insurance you know you see if you can afford to have a parking space um whatever the case whatever you can afford you just take it piece by piece 
one step at a time. Do your due diligence and planning. That does help to make things a little bit easier, but it's a process. I hear a lot of quotes and statistics thrown out there. I read somewhere earlier this week when I was researching the topic how it's quoted that um, raising a children, raising a child in this day and age costs about $300,000. Um, I also heard that over over the lifetime of with a child uh, in New York City, raising a child can cost up to a million. So let's say maybe they say that it costs three hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars. Fact of the matter is, you're not unless you're wealthy, unless you're completely wealthy, and that's something that you're not have to worry about. Um, it's just it's just a factor. But along with that, I mean, how much is going to cost for you to get to old age? Right, it's gonna cost maybe another million. Who knows? We're not looking at getting this million all together right here, right now. Take it step by step. Focus on what's immediately in front of you. Get your funds right for that. Look at long-term plans and goals. Strategize, budget, whatever you gotta do. You make it happen one step at a time. If you look at the whole big picture, it can be very overwhelming and very daunting. But if you break down to pieces, one step at a time, one step at a time. First, you know, you have to just it's baby supplies, you know, it's medical insurance. How can I get that that together? You know, once you're done with that, you know, the kid gets older and then concerns become daycare and school. Am I going to be a private school, a charter school, a public school? How much does that cost? How can I get that money together? Um, And then after school programs or things of that nature. You know, are you working full time? Is mommy working full time? Might be kind of hard to get your kid at two in the afternoon. They may have to go into after school program. Summers start coming. You start thinking about that. But when you listen to all of this right here, right now, everything that I just stated in an example, it might sound like a lot, but I've managed to deal with it just fine, breaking it down to bite-sized pieces, focused on the here and the now. What's immediately, uh, what's immediately necessary? What do we have to do? And then putting long-term goals and plans, putting strategies in place to address those as they come. Um, and you, next thing you know, you'll find your way through. It happens. So just trust in yourself, trust in your process. The universe is really abundant. And I know that's a hard statement to believe because there's so many people suffering out there, but there's opportunities and abundance everywhere. Just take it one step at a time. Trust the process. Trust yourself. It's going to be fine. All right. So that's all I have for questions today, but But if you are interested in this format and having more questions and answers, getting more of my insight, getting more from the Culture of Dad community, um, definitely visit the website, cultureofdad.com. Hit the Facebook page, hashtag Cult of Dad. Send us a message. Drop us a message in the group. Leave some comments on the, on the page. If you're part of the Anchor FM platform, definitely subscribe to the podcast there. And you can actually drop voice memos and voice messages. Leave your questions directly. And we can actually include you into the podcast. So just drop your stuff. Let us know. 
We'll get your questions answered in time. All right. It's your boy Zay. I'm signing out. One.